fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is Beyond the Mountains of Madness, and this is episode 21. It was written by Janice Hill and Charles Engen, along with others who are listed in the credits. Our GM for this campaign is Sean Little, and Mick Swan will be giving the recap. I'm ready. The players are ready. Let's begin our journey into the darkness. Mick? Some years ago, while staying at the Travellers Club on a rare visit to London, I chanced upon an article by an obscure scientist, a German fellow of memory serves me right. The chap in question was positing a theory about the nature of time. Time, he suggested, was not a real dynamic. Rather, it is an illusion created by the limitations of our own perception. There was a big bang, followed by a big crunch, and between them a fleeting instant of existence. We perceive time because we are within this instant. It is occurring around us. From outside, we exist for barely the blink of an eye. In this regard, every moment of our lives happens at once. We are born, we live our lives, and we die all in the same instant of existence. Time is simply the phenomenon that prevents us from apprehending this. I take some solace then from the contemplation that I still exist in some way in that universal instant, untouched by the horrors of this cold necropolis, untainted by the sight of things that should not have been seen and truths that should remain unknown. That somewhere in time I have never seen that hateful glistening thing that chased after us in those tunnels, never heard the dull boneless thud of its demise beneath falling ice, and never wondered if a thing like that can even truly die. Certainly I'm not the only one unsettled by this gruesome spectacle. But what can I do? We are here. We must endure. That is simply the way it is. Retreating into denial or recriminations will not help me or anyone else for that matter. So endure we did, and having trudged back to camp, our priority was to settle Copper. He had not taken the experience in the tunnels well, and I'm sorry to say that shock had got the better of the poor fellow. Completely understandable, of course. I, I don't know how any of us were coping. In fact, I can barely remember the trip back to base camp at all. We arrived to find Moore suffering from frostbite, receiving a dressing down from Dr. Green. I have to say I agreed with him. I don't know why these fellows bothered to hire professionals when they refused to take our advice. If he'd followed basic protocol, then he wouldn't have put himself in such an invidious position. I fear this lack of professionalism will end up with someone badly injured or worse. Having rested a while, Lindenbrook and Hawks suggested returning to the tunnels to take samples from the creature, and despite my reservations, I ended up accompanying them. Fortunately, our trip was without incident, and we returned as quickly as we could before taking a well-earned rest back at base. We were awoken some time later by the return of Messrs. Jones and Brixton, who tell us of a chamber they have discovered in the course of their peregrinations. Intrigued, we kit up and set out with them to see what all the fuss is about. They lead us down a narrow passage which leads into a great ledge overlooking a huge chamber in which we see, lit by some form of natural phosphorescence, water, beaches, and what appear to be man-sized albino penguins. As my eyes adjust to the light, I see what appear to be two great shoggoths lurking in a pair of distant caves. 
Suffice to say, at the sight of these monstrous things, we elected to leave and continue our explorations elsewhere. On our way back to the base camp, we stop off, stopped off at a building Brixton and Jones also found while we slept. A great hall decorated with more of the astonishing detailed murals we saw below, this time depicting some kind of worship or celebration, and on the lower level what appeared to be maps. Maps of the Earth showing strange accretions of continents moving apart over time. Maps of our solar system seemingly showing planets beyond Neptune. Planets unknown to our science. Our science. Are these the terms in which mankind will think from this moment forward? Our science and their science. Our theories and their observations. Our tales and their terrible truths. The world will change forever when people learn of this place. Nothing will ever be the same again. The following morning, we were given warning by Moore that we shall leave the city tomorrow, and thus today will be our final opportunity to explore. Passing by an ominous basalt pyramid, we venture across to one of the towers with the aim of climbing it for a better view of the city. At its base, we find a series of holes which seem to be of great interest to Jones and Brixton along with a curious monolith a short distance away. Our exploration is unexpectedly cut short by the sound of yelling from the camp. Concerned, we head back as quickly as we can to see what has occurred. No one appears to know from whence the yelling came, but the aeroplane crew certainly heard the same cries. We stock up on oxygen and, worried that we may have to conduct another rescue mission, we head out once more into the oppressive, airless cold of this ancient and abominable city. Well, what is everyone doing? As you remember, you heard a voice yell out, nothing more. We've not been able to identify where the sound came from. No. Due to the oh. echoing, the shape of the plaza, everything else, it's just a voice in the distance. But we have, we have speculated that it's possible that the uh, Shoggoths can make this noise. Though why, why they would be out in the cold, since they seem to have an aversion of it. Um, can we do a, like a general, find out where everybody is and who, who is unaccounted for? Well, you know where you all are, the group of you. You know where Professor Moore is. You know, Mr. Starkweather is off, wandering with Sykes. You know, Dr. Green is off wandering around as well. There's a few mechanics, like the, there's a pilot around the aircraft and a couple other people around. Um, those are the only people that you really know are out and about, would be Green, Starkweather, and Sykes. Though others milling back and forth, you're not entirely sure where everyone would be. Hmm. Like you'll see someone but you're not quite sure who it is because you're not right near them. There's a bit of distance between the aircraft and you and uh, the building and you. It's, it's, a, it's a large plaza. Well, gentlemen, should we explore one of the other places? But, you know, we know for a fact that the voices did not come from behind us. So that way is clear. 
What if we well, spread out and fan out and just start yelling <clears throat> and just do like a search grid? We could we could do that. What if it's just nothing? What if it's somebody hit hit their thumb with a hammer and just what what exactly did the yelling sound like? Did it sound like a commotion, like people? It was a, a yell of surprise. Ah, like that kind of a a male voice, of course. I mean, it's not it's not female voice. Okay, well, it's too late to do a listen. Right. Let's. Um, well, I don't know what we don't even have a clue of what direction to go. Why don't we just continue exploring? We'll find out later who didn't show up for dinner. <laughs> well, it is lunchtime. It is noon. You you know that much. But people do tend to wander in and out uh, over the space of an hour when it's when it's a meal. We're not. Are we talking dangerous terrain? In my mind, this is kind of like a flat sort of. Mm-hmm. It's a flat plaza. Think like a large plaza, like any large national monument kind of place. Just freezing cold and no oxygen. But I mean, other yeah. than that, nothing dangerous whatsoever. Well, and completely surrounded by buildings. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just the five of us could take months to explore just just the local buildings right nearby. Um, somebody could have climbed up somewhere and fallen down or tripped or rolled could, down a ramp. Or We could explore the ramp that we've already been down because as we've been down it before, that would be a likely target for someone to go exploring. Well, I'd like to think that we sort of posted a warning that there's a dangerous animal down there. I guess we didn't actually say that, so... We did tell more, though. And he's one of the people missing. Is more missing? No, I think Starkweather, Stark Sykes, Stark and Green. Oh, okay. I'm missing. They're the main they're people. Not, and they're not necessarily missing. They're just out somewhere. Well, where, did, where was Starkweather headed? You don't know. He's not one to tell people. He tends to wander. That's one of the complaints that Moore had was he... Starkweather just goes off on his own to take photos. Let's um. Let's oh, wait a minute! Wait, wait, wait! Is the plateau covered in ice mm-hmm. or snow? Both. Can we That's follow footprints that? Can we follow footprints that lead out past you know a certain radius of the camp and say, okay, well, we didn't go explore this this tower or whatever, and there's footprints going off in that direction. Maybe that would help us. Maybe yes. that combined with the fact that we could ask some people in the camp, did you say which direction they went? Mm-hmm. So yes, yes. Once we once we know what direction they went, then we can probably find their footprints in the snow. There are a lot of footprints. Right. There are a lot of footprints. This is one of the problems. Well, let's start know. let's start then with asking people, did you see Mr. Starkweather go in that direction or all right. You can uh, ask some of the like pilot persons, other miscellaneous okay. crew. Um, in general, you get the idea that Mr. Doctor uh, Green went off that way. Starkweather wandered off that way, which was not the direction he went yesterday. Yesterday, he went that direction. Okay. So, as we shall we shall we move in the direction of where we think Starkweather might be, and then start to look for. We'll see fewer and fewer footprints, and then finally just. 
That's what I'm saying. Is it's is. not a, not immediately around the camp, but the plaza is so big. Once we that, get to the edge, yeah, yeah, there's going to be footprints leading someplace. Whether we can discern them or not, that's another question. But there's got to be an area that people have not explored, and we suddenly go, "Oh, there's footprints here. Signs of people been here." Right. It's not windy, is it? Not right now, no. Okay, so there should be footprints. Um, let's uh, well, let's let's move to the edge of the camp in the direction that we think Starkweather went. All right. Well, if you look at your map. You'll see Mr. Starkweather wandered off in this direction. Towards number two? Well, in this direction. Sorry, I just mean you okay. don't know exactly where. And Mr. Moore, or Dr. Dr. Green, rather not Mr. Moore, went off this way towards okay. 1819. And we were over at like 21. You were. You were in this direction. He went that way. Starkweather went this way. Okay. And we can't. We, we we can't surmise that the sound came from somewhere over by seventeen or over by two, or we weren't we weren't paying that close attention. Probably you were in this general vicinity, right? And you can thinking about it, talking to each other. The noise came in this general vicinity, like so. From. So it sounded more like the camp, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the camp is here where the four is, like right in that area there. Well, that that would have been um, Doctor Green's route. From the camp, yes. Where he was going. Well, then she had. Shall we head in that direction instead of Starkweather? Yes. All right. Agreed. We could head towards nineteen and then eighteen, and then maybe, maybe quarter that area. All right. Well, so you're in. You're you. You are currently at the camp. So you're going to head towards 23, 18, 19? Where, where exactly, generally, are you going to head? Let's shoot for 18. Okay. So I have a different numbering system than you, so I have to. <laughs> ah, okay. All right. Well, uh, you walk, and as, you keep, as you're walking, you see, of course, the, the footprints do lessen. Over time, it's, there's a lot of walking around the plaza, a lot of not quite penetrating the building areas, but you do actually get to a point where you see that there are less and less footprints until you can find generally that uh, it looks like it, it is one individual's footprints just wandering off into the, the building areas. And uh, they disappear for a bit, so you'll have to all do a spot hidden to see if you can find it again. All right. Oh. I'm pretty sure I made that. Oh yeah, I made it. Fifty-two. I've just, I've just missed that one. I, I, I made it by ten points. I just missed it by five. All right. Well, close enough. Uh, two of you find it. It's there's a, a tangled ground level part of the city. Uh, it's a house, a very older house. Like you assume it's a house because it's small. It's not large like these other giant structures. And, uh, you know, looking up to it, it's, it's like uh, you can actually see if you're very careful, you're looking, you wow, that's a, a, that looks very familiar. It may have been a house that was spoken of by uh, Dyer and his companion in the writings. Mm. And uh, if in one of your spot hidden, the one who was the most successful, you see there's actually a little scrap of paper jammed into one of the rocks again. Uh -huh. And uh, 
there's there's a whole pile of tumbled stones on the edge of a big chasm. So you have to be, uh, if you wish to go past it to look further, you have to do a dexterity roll to avoid falling over the edge. Well, I'm, I'm quite comfortable with things like that. I'll, I'll go and have a look. Okay, well, make your dex roll. Be make careful. Roll. <laughs> Captain Sagan, we can't lose you. I have got 49 and my dex is 60. Perfect. Okay, um, there's an irregular triangle-shaped house, uh, three halls together that run for 25 yards. Um, there's a tall bunker, uh, three quarters of a mile. It's three quarters of a mile west of the camp, just so you know. Um, structure has no windows. Uh, there's tall, the other, the main part of the structure, rather the upper area, there are some very tall, narrow windows though, but they're choked with debris because part of the building has collapsed. Um, one end of the structure is completely gone. Footprints seem to go into around a corner in a doorway. Um, and when you peek your head inside, you can see there's more of these murals all around the inside of the, of the wall, the three layers again, uh, similar to the other building you were in. Is it safe? It's safe. Yeah, well, I was asking oh, sorry. sorry, yes. It, 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 it seems to be. I tread carefully, though. The, the, the tracks continue um, just up here. I gesture with my mountaineering pole. Just up here. Do, do you think we can, are we sure-footed enough, or should we uh, rope each other together to get around that? If it's a dex roll, it's not really that bad. It is if you roll 99. <laughs> yes, yeah, let's... Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, but, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and rope them up. No, we've we've had quite enough ig ignoring of, of safety protocols so far on this this expedition. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 fine to say, oh, let's not bother, but if we don't bother, and and then one of you slips, then uh, that's that's going to be on my conscience forever. I'm afraid. So uh, so let's 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 do this all by the book, shall we? Yeah. I've only got a 50, 50 decks, so all right. So we're all roped together. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, make a dexterity roll for whoever's in the lead, I guess. That's, that's me again. Oh. Shall I make a climbing roll instead? Yes, a climbing roll, yes. Sorry. Oh, yes. 37 out of 80. All right. I'll just assume that you escort the first two people through. Uh, the per last two at the row, whoever last two are, they have to make a roll, though. Well, do you know what? I'll go last because I'm... I've got quite high strength. I could yeah. just throw that across. Yeah, hmm. I'll, go I'll go last. I'll go last. I trust my dad. Okay. I'll make your roll then. Oh, yes. Oh, one. <laughs> uh, you, you nimbly jump across the... The rocks. <laughs> Throw the rope aside. I don't need this. Tiptoe through the tulip. Nigel, Nigel, you are like a spider, man. They <laughs> should write a song about that. I uh, was sitting here. I was sitting here dreading that because here I am sitting here talking about making deck trolls. I go, I'm going to fail this. <laughs> For sure, you jinxed it. I was, uh, was going to say, speaking of failing it. Um, uh oh. Was it out of uh, out of uh, climber decks? You can dex. But dex is what I said. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so dex. Yeah, yeah, so dex. I, I failed my roll by, uh, by 18 points. I rolled 72 out of uh, 55. Oof. I don't know. I don't know why these dice roll high. 
Thank God we're rolled, we're all roped together. Well, um, who's before you? Um, Nigel. Nigel, you'll, could you make a strength roll then just to, uh, he starts to fall. You've got the rope tied. You're pulling at it to try to keep him from going down the, the edge. I made it nothing special, though. I mean, I made 44 out of 65, so. That's that's good enough. All right. Uh, well, you man, you managed to not fall. Then you feel a tug. You pull on the rope. You're able to keep him from falling. But uh, you yeah, take a point I, of damage. for. I come hmm? over and help pull him up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. Thank, um, you. thank you. Thank you, Doctor. Take, take one point of damage, though, Dr. Hawks, because you, uh, yeah. you did fall partly down. And you slammed against the rocks a bit, so. Careful, Roger. Thank you. Well, you'll have a bruise in the morning. Yes. All right. Uh, so you make it across. You're, you're in this. It's another building. You see there are footprints. It, it seems that uh, the Dr. Green was a little more nimble than you expected him to be, but he just sort of made his way in. And you see footprints leading out the other way as well. But while you're in there, does anybody have a cartography or a navigate skill? I have navigate. Okay. Um, I have a little bit of navigate. Okay. Well, if you could both make a roll. That would be I'm pretty no. sure I won't make it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Easy. You made it? Yeah. Okay. Um, taking a look at the scenes that are on the insides of the wall, the three layers again of uh, the, cart the, the drawings on the wall, the paint. Cartouches. Cartouche. Uh, you can see that... Uh, the locations of some of the downward sloping tunnels are actually mapped out on this. Um, huh. So you, just taking a look at it, you know, that you, if you came back and, or if you were to sketch it down and take it back and sit down and compare it, um, you can see that a uh, quarter mile distant from the river, there's actually another uh, entrance to the tunnels. So it, it, it seems there's other openings to the tunnels. Hey, the buildings. So. look at this. Mm-hmm. You found I estimate. Out. I estimate. No, no. <laughs> it, it, just, it just means that were you to go back down in the tunnels with, with this mapping that you've got, you'd, you'd have a much easier time finding your way around and back up to the surface, not just the spiral pathway that you found already. Make sure we get some pictures. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some quick drawings in my uh, <laughs> notebook. Yeah, you don't have a camera with you, I believe. I think Sykes has that right now, doesn't he? It's probably true. And, and the one thing that uh, that you notice, uh, it's actually quite interesting for you, Dr. Lindenbrook, is with all the notes you've been taking and all the sketches that others have been taking, you have a very good feeling now with the photographs that have been main, uh, taken, you will be able to, back at your university, actually begin the formation of understanding the language of the elder things. Excellent. You have sufficient information now based on what you've seen and what you've seen before that you should be able to, at the very least, get basic words, be able to right. generally yes. get an idea of what the stories were telling. Okay. okay. But uh, it, you do see, now this is now about one thirty or so because it takes a while to crock, walk through all of this. There is now, um, you, you see that you're no, Dr. Green has wandered off in another direction in his walkings. Well, let's see if we can find him. He may mm -hmm. come out somewhere else, but hopefully we don't find him injured. All right. Well, um, you, I'm reticent uh, to call out his name because 
I don't like the, some some something about the silence of this place makes making noise. It, it makes everybody want to whisper. However, <laughs> we should we should point out that it's very unlikely that we heard him scream. If he's down inside of a building, we probably didn't hear him. Well, unless it magnified somehow. And the air is very cold outside, which magnifies sound. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying is is the odds are that it would have been very muffled. We're here though. We will we'll look for him. Hopefully, hopefully somebody else will find whoever was injured or tripped and fell, or once we find a big old shoggoth calling out our names. <laughs> You do see the footprints moving towards uh, another building. And from the distance, you see that this is actually two raised, stretched out octagons of buildings with smooth, smooth shaped sides, as if someone took nowadays a stop sign and stretched it out and made a building three dimensional of that. Uh, ceilings are sagging inwards, um, but there's, a, there's an open doorway with, uh, with no blockage whatsoever that uh, the, the footsteps seem to go in there as well. Hmm. Or they don't seem, they do. Very strange, the architecture. And once again, there's nothing here but walls, paintings, and mm -hmm. there's no so objects. Or... I suppose if they had objects made out of wood, they would have rotted away. Quite so. Well, we were told to look out for pieces of wood well I mean, it's got to be, they'd be deeper down got to be i some, would think that the wood would be preserved inside the building you're, you're assuming though that it was cold when it was here um for according to all of these pictures and stuff this was once a tropical region yeah, so all of their depictions show trees cold. and ferns and what look like uh, you know primitive pine trees and things like that so this must have been long before the ice came. Which means that if they died out way back when, there may be nothing left except the walls and the paintings. All right, so we keep, keep going. Following. Yeah, keep following. Okay. Uh, this, this building, uh, when you enter the building or you look inside the doorway, whichever you do, it's, it's, it's a large opening. Uh, it's actually... A little different than what you've seen so far. Uh, there's a lower floor level. The upper floor seems to have just a steel walkway between it and an identical building next door. Um, inside the lower floor, there's these shattered remains of these uh, stone rods. They're like big as your arm, forearm. Uh, mixed with, there's a fine rust, so something metallic had been attached to them one time that's long ago rusted away. And uh, there's a sort of stone and metal uh, vessel filled that's filling most of the room and the ceiling sags down towards the vessel and there's these rusted stubs of what look like they must were pipes coming out of this thing it looks like cow's udders just these all these pipes poking out of this giant bathtub of sorts what on earth is that? Mm -hmm. and then there are there's a, a, a ramp going up to an upper floor as well uh you there's no more footprints in here because of course it's it's inside the building what do you make of that stuff? That thing there. Hmm. Um, 
you know, I mean, this is a long shot, but I've got mechanical repair. By being able to repair something, couldn't I not look at it and at least kind of get an idea of what it was used for, possibly? Well, basic you, physics, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah, sure. Make a go of it. Yeah, make a roll. Oh, yeah. 20 out of 70. Okay. Look, looking at what you see, looking up above in the upper floor, you see up, up upper floor, there's some notches in the ceiling and more rusted circular objects. Uh, and as you're wandering around looking, you can see that there are some drawings or cartouches on the, on the upper floor because it's not closed up. And looking at them and looking at what you see, the best you can figure out is the elder things poured something in this upper chamber upstairs. And based on the drawings and the, the shape of the pipes, it appears that they were pouring something down to feed something that was captured in this large bathtub below. Oh, okay. Hmm. There's nothing in there now, is there? No. No, no, no. Shoggoth, maybe? Mm -hmm. well, yeah, one. <laughs> why wouldn't the Shoggoth just be able to climb up the walls? Um, well, if they were enslaved, though. Well, according to the text, the belief was that they were enslaved telepathically. But maybe something else. They obviously biologically engineer all sorts of things. Dinosaurs? Could, could this be where they, they made Artif something? Maybe artificial womb. It's an artificial womb. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That thought comes to your mind, yes. A giant biological laboratory. Well, you want to go up? Oh, sure. See, well, where's, where, where, we're still looking at the, the footprints. Where is Dr. Green going? Inside we the lost. building, there's none. Yeah, we lost him because we don't have any way to do it. But, I mean, if he's a scientist, he comes in, he sees his device, wouldn't it make sense that he would go up? Probably. Let's move up. Let's look at the murals. Phenomenal. Yep. The murals confirm that uh, they, they were growing something in the lower chamber and feeding it from above. And there's a stone walk, a steel walkway you can see connecting to an identical building next door. And it's actually metallic. Yes. What has, what has everything been made up up until now? Stone? Stone, yes. Hmm. Um, cut stone? I mean, are we looking at brick pattern? Of... Mm. It's hard to tell. what it's, it, it's almost like a concrete. Okay. A very that smooth, polished concrete. I think any 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 advanced civilization would have figured out concrete a long time ago. Mm -hmm. um, wow! Well, this is amazing. I, I of course am making sketches as I go along, but mm -hmm. of course, you guys lead the way. I go up. You're up. It's it's like I said. It's a walkway around large another vessel up top. Some table-like structures where it looks like something was prepared, dropped into something, and there's drain holes down into that lead down, you assume, to pipes that would have gone down into this lower pit area. Does it go up farther from here? No, but there's a steel walkway that, like I said, goes to an identical building next door. Go across the walkway. Okay. It, it's, again, identical. So it just, you know, to save you some time, it's 
it's an identical building, same situation, same drawings. It's almost like they're instructional manuals on the walls combined with historical documentation. Is there any telling from the murals and anything that we can surmise, I mean, that we can figure out what, I mean, not what they were doing, but how they were doing it. There's a lot of detail. It's pictographic. Um, it, it's, it's almost like they're keep, they, it's like their way of telling, there, there are the little dot patterns as well, remember. So your best guess is those dots are their language and the, the drawings are what you see but there's descriptive wording you're guessing based on what you see beneath them. Right, it's a manual. It's telling them the procedures to follow. That's right, as well as the history. So that's your best guess. Wow. I would like to spend a year or two here going over all this stuff and <laughs> carefully photographing every square inch of this entire complex. But we don't have that kind of time. No. Any evidence that... Uh, now, now, when we cross the walkway, you said it's like a steel walkway. Mm -hmm. um, is that outside? Yes, it, it, there's an, it's open to the air. There's okay. a walkway that leads to the next building. Is there any evidence on that, once we get outside again, that the doctor may have crossed it? No, the wind has blown away, Annie. Uh, so there's no, there's there nothing to cling to. Is there any sign of corrosion on this walkway? Oddly, no. This, this walkway is... Uh, Metallic. You're, you're guessing steel, but it's metallic and it appears to be non-corroded. That's interesting. It's, it's so weathered. I mean, it's certainly weathered over time. And you wouldn't some want kind of to advanced metal? Mm -hmm. hmm. I'd imagine as any rust formed, it was blasted off of it, you know, snow blasted off of it. Well, mm -hmm. you would think and after a couple of hundred million years that it would have just completely worn away. Maybe it's some kind of non-corrosive metal that they've invented. Why not? It was a fortune. Yeah, especially if we can figure out how they did it. I bet you there's instructions somewhere on the walls. Isn't that, yes. don't, don't you find that weird? I mean, I guess that if you're an alien being, you think differently than a human does. But I mean, it's like, how many people have stereo instructions painted on their walls? <laughs> well, if I were to, if I were just to speculate out of out of just total imagination, what if they had progressed to the point where the uh, the scientists and the inventors and things in their society had long since died away, and all that was left was like worker bees, and they didn't actually have any way of coming up with new ideas they simply repeated what they saw on the walls it's possible you know, we don't know how their brains work they might well that's what i'm saying it's definitely yeah. alien it's just it just seems weird to me to have you know stereo instructions printed on your walls what's the stereo yeah. phonograph oh all oh, right so, well it's two two phonographs next to each other playing the same thing it's slightly different <laughs> what what on earth would be the point of that? I want to decide. <laughs> a ridiculous idea. <laughs> All right, so if they're the same, we go across, go back down. Yep. Come come back out. Do we find footprints? Uh, you, no, no. Um, 
you're in an area here that has opened up again. Uh, it's not as congested building-wise as the other areas, so it, it's a little windy, and it appears that uh, the footprints so far, you haven't seen them. So something happened to him between point A and point B. Um, to interrupt for just a moment, Sean, for some reason, your, your sound is getting loud and then it's getting quiet and then it's getting loud and then it's getting quiet. Um, That's strange. Like it could be, I don't know, your microphone moving or. I don't oh, know. well, I've, I've, um, I've moved it. I've pulled it away from my jacket. So uh, I may have been rubbing on my zipper. Sorry. Okay. All right. So we lost track of him somewhere in the building. Were there any other places he could have gone, though? Well, there is another building directly across from you. But yeah, well, we went across there. There's another building beyond it. Um, oh, okay. On your mapping, you would see it as uh, 20. Um, now, it uh, is a very large, tall building. And uh, you, as, you're look, as you're looking there, you hear uh, a voice actually coming towards you. And it's uh, Mr. Starkweather, Mr. Sykes. And they're yelling, hello, hello. Hello, fellows. Well, at least they're not hoy, hoy. We're, we're up here. Ahoy, hoy. <laughs> at least they're not yelling, tack <laughs> What's What's up, fella? Are we looking? What are we finding? Anything of interest? Well, we were, we were, we were following the tracks of, of, Mr., of Dr. Green, but we seem to have lost the tracks. We don't know where he went. Yeah, uh, well... Well, it, uh, it is it is past lunchtime. I was starting to get worried about you myself because I heard about the voice, uh, the yell that had happened. Uh, um, perhaps he's returned back to the camp. It is it is lunch hour. Uh, I'm going to go back there right now and get some food. And if, if he's not there, I, I think perhaps we'll have to go on a look for him. Well, before you go back, we want to show you something. Certainly. We want, we want to take him in and show him the thing, the machine. Well, then, then. Let's let's point out this these walkways as well. Right. Yeah, the metal of these walkways doesn't seem to have deteriorated over six hundred million years. Mm. Uh, which well, is remarkable. Is but this isn't the really this interesting is thing. We think that no? this room over here is where they actually created things. Some sort of biological laboratory where they created things and we point things out on the murals and Oh, my. Sykes, do you still have film? Sykes says a few shots. That's all I've got. He says, get photographs of all of this, as close detail as you can, and uh, we, need to, we need to write down all of this information. We need to get as much of this as possible. If, if you, like me, Dr. Lindenbrook, have, have surmised, we could probably use this information to, uh, at the very least, find a way to understand the language in the future. If we have a second expedition back, we could... Certainly, well, certainly. I've already, I've already sort of worked. I'm working on a primer. We'll see. We'll see what we can come up with here. Excellent, excellent. Well, I'm. I think. I mean, oxygen-wise, um, how are you doing? How much more do you have? Well, I seem to be doing fine. Fine. <laughs> yeah, I just reached my limit. <laughs> You know for sure that you've you've been out here. It's now about two o'clock, so you've been gone from for about two hours, and you've got about you know forty five minute walk back. So 
Yeah. If we don't find Dr. Green back at the camp, I'll, I'm, I'll be very concerned. We, we should all be concerned. Well, I, I've already put the word out that everyone is to stay at the camp who arrives for food. Uh, we should load up and uh, go off on our own and certainly go on a, on a, all right. uh, a hunt for them. Yeah. Okay. All right. So he says, thank you. I'm heading back. If, if you're coming with me, let's go. Otherwise, I'll see you there shortly. Let's go. Yes. I think that's... Uh... All right, it's, 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 it's three quarters of a mile, a little more than that walk, so you're back there. The food is still being prepared for everyone. Uh, everyone is present, with the exception of Dr. Green. Oh, crap. So he says, well, let's load up, eat. Um, eat very quickly, everyone. We've got, we've got some very quick food ready for us. Chow down, load up your oxygen, refresh your tanks, and let's, let's split up. I'm going to go off myself. I'm going to explore, and he tells you he's going. Eh, you guys were headed into what uh, that the area in your map that is um, uh, well, eighteen, 20. nineteen, actually, right, twenty. Yeah, he's he says I am going to head off to the to the. I guess that would be to the look at the map in a funny way to the west, which would be to fifteen, because I'm going off that way. Sykes, uh, he directs Sykes to. Um, take what some of the people for who are currently working on the aircraft and head off in the, in, towards the east or sort of the northeast. So he's essentially said everyone except for Dr. or Mr. Moore, and Professor Moore, is sending in various directions. Moore is still, he's going to keep him at camp because he's still suffering from frostbite. Okay. Where does he want us to go? Uh, proceed the area you were already in. Um, head straight out to there again and expand your search if you could to, uh, mm -hmm. I guess it's the area that says 14 on the map. Okay. And he's going to 1315, that general area. Okay. Okay. Well, I think we should probably resume our, our, our search from the point at which we uh, lost the footprints before. Right. Let's see if well, we can guess which direction he may have gone. Well, as one, everyone splits in the various directions. And uh, short, I mean, I, I can speed it up just a hair. Sorry someone else um, but you do know that uh, shortly after everyone's looking around you you do hear uh, nothing in the way of more yells but you do find more footprints passing beyond the direction you do actually re re-encounter the footprints okay are they heading towards 14 they are yes okay I think we found him what's so, left of him Everyone's heading in that direction? Yeah. Yes. All right. As you're heading in that direction, uh, you, you, you follow the footprints. So could everyone do a spot hidden, though, to, keep, to make sure they don't lose track? Sure. Yep, made it. Yes. By better than half. Yes, I've made that. Good. Okay. Uh, you find the footprints, they're orderly, in a nice straight line. Uh, you find a pencil on the ground beside one of his footprints, partially in the footprint, so he dropped something. Uh, you find a few pieces of things like uh, some scraps of paper, a, uh, a wrapper from a piece of food that he was eating, and uh, a glove or a mitten, an, an outer glove because you've got inners and outers. And then there's the scuff marks. Like, 
Who has natural history? I've got a little bit, but not much. I've got a, oh, a yes, I do. Yeah. Okay, please make a roll of natural history. Give me uh, natural world. Natural world, I'm sorry, not natural history. Yes. Missed it by uh, six. Yes, I got a really oh, good 46. Yeah. That's just about past. Okay. Yeah, well, 15 he, out of 65. Oh. Perfect. You're looking down at it, and what comes right. to mind immediately is when you when an owl swoops down and catches a mouse. Right. You see the wing tips in the snow. There's wing there's like these strange tips moving in and poof, there's no more footprints from that point. Something got him. Something that can fly. Something that can fly. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Anything that can fly yet, except supposedly the elder things can fly. I still find that hard to believe. There's nothing aerodynamic about them. Oh, jeez. Any, any blood? No blood. That's surprising if he was attacked. Now, it must mean that thing was huge. It was able to knock him off balance, pick him up, and take off with him in a split second. So it's got to be huge. Um, you are right next to another building. It's only a two-story building uh, with a very large opening doorway. In your wandering around, could you... Could, you do another spot hidden, please. Well, before before we wander anymore, I want to look around and look up and see if there's any vantage point where somebody could be waiting to swoop yeah. down and get one of us. Well, that's what my uh, directly right. above where he was is a ledge um, of a rooftop of this building here. I made it. Yep, I made it. Yeah, forty-eight. All right, you see that there's some kind of marks footprints coming around the edge of the building and going into that doorway because you weren't right beside it. You're close by, but you're not. So it's, it's almost if something went into the building that's very large, and if you look closely, it's got those same triangular-shaped tip marks. Ah. Perhaps one of the elder things is still alive. Well, I'd pull my gun out, that's for sure. Well, now don't shoot it unless you absolutely have to. It may be a highly intelligent thing. It might be somebody's mom. That just that just took one of our people. Yeah. But it wouldn't know any difference. It just thinks that we're animals. We we need to understand that. It might not it might not know what it was doing. So shall we go into the building and uh, this is gonna go up to the ledge ultimately? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. I've got my notebook with my pictures drawn in it. <laughs> Put it in your shirt. Keep it safe. So can, well, I've got it under my arm, so I can just like, yeah. like, see, see, see. We can draw oh. pictures, too. <laughs> You're going to draw your own pictograms. How do I draw? Don't eat me. Big circle with them. I actually drew that one already. Quite, you draw that oh, one. That we are, this says we are friends. <laughs> not friends, not food. <laughs> Uh, so yes, you enter the building. You see the tentacle marks. There is a small ramp, like a that goes up to the second floor. Second floor, there's a doorway that leads to the ledge. You can see that marks go up over top of the ledge. Obviously, based on what you see, they went up to the ledge, went down and got them. 
they're gone. And, and they're gone. Looking around, is there any kind of guess as to where they might have gone? A direction from the the swoosh on the ground, or it from above? It looks just like fingers going whoop, pulling something off the ground and going. So you can't. There's no direction to it. No direction. Um, and where you're looking, there's open sky and buildings everywhere. So it could have gone anywhere. Well, looking very carefully, it could be sitting up there watching us. Can we try, you know, see if we can see anything up there watching us? Keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, make a make a spot hidden again. I mean, it's the best. Uh, 67, oh, which no. is... Failed that one. Oh, it's still a pass, but not a very good. 37 again, yeah, just a standard pass. A good pass. Yeah. Uh, What's Elmer doing? We failed miserably. <laughs> What's Elmer doing? Just following along. <laughs> did you see these maps, Thike? Well, of course you did. You were there. She asked no. about cartography. Of course, Elmer knows cartography like the back of his hand. <laughs> That's right. Hey, you're off in La La Land. I was going to say that, but I figured you were drawing it, so he seems happy. <laughs> well, yep. Yeah, yeah. Did anyone fail miserably? Yeah, I did. How badly? Uh, like 96. Okay. Okay. Well, let's just say for a moment you thought you saw something move in one of the, one of the buildings nearby that uh, just for the sake of time, you wandered off in that general direction and before you even got close to it, you saw that it was just rubble. So you wasted a few minutes, but not much. But uh, other, otherwise, no, nobody, you can't really tell what direction they, they want, they left in. Right. I'm, as we're, as we're walking, I'm letting them lead, but I'm looking over my notes as I'm going and seeing if I can, based on dots and pictures, if there's some way I can like make a series of dots that just says something like, you know, I don't know, dog or cat or just something so that they know that we're trying to... <laughs> try to understand their language. Well, there's actually, uh, there are details on that. And you, I think you do need to actually have sit down and spend an okay. hour or so. Okay. Yeah, you could spell out donut. You yeah, you, you think you could, but you might also accidentally write, we taste good. You don't know. That's true. I could say, we are food. Your his mama is both tasty and affordable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are here to feed you ourselves. <laughs> Did you enjoy Dr. Green? <laughs> There's more of that right here. <laughs> Would you like to meet the meat? All right. Dr. Hawks, you just came, became very important. That's right. Or 
Actually, this thing has a taste for medical people. <laughs> Maybe we should walk a few paces away from it. <laughs> no, that's actually true. He's actually our only doctor here right now. Oh. <laughs> I can feel the pressure. It's attracted by the smell of Bactine or something. <laughs> Dead all. <laughs> that one doesn't have very many germs. He's disinfected. <laughs> All right. Um, I wish I had a gun. Though that's that's actually something that didn't even pop into my head until this moment. That if any of you have ever read H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds, it's very likely the bacteria and germs and things that we have. If this thing is susceptible, I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't have any immunity to our germs. It would have germs immunity to germs that are six hundred million years old. That works both ways too, you know. That that's true. They could have germs that we we aren't exposed to yet. Well, that's true anywhere up here in the Ar- in the Antarctic, down here in the Antarctic. So where next? Is there any more up in this room? No. Okay. Two story. Well. Are we currently in building fourteen? No, this is not. This is an unmarked building on your map. Those are those are only areas of interest. Okay. This is just an area building. Okay, sorry. Well, I would suggest that as we walk, we keep our eyes looking upward, so that if something's coming at us, yes, the tentatively named drop shot us. <laughs> you know, if a Shoggoth can change its body into any shape, maybe it can change itself into a winged creature. At least a hang glider. Yeah. Very thin. Flying carpet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, shall we continue heading towards 14? before we report back and say that what we think happened to Dr. Green, hopefully we can still find him. Maybe it didn't kill him and eat him. Maybe it just took him away to have a conversation. There's always that chance. All right. Well, you're wandering off to, sorry, I've lost my track here, to 14, as you call it, because I, again, have different numbering systems, so I have to fight with with where you're going. It's near the big blob, which we don't really know what the big blob is. Oh, hey, I, I know what number it is. Big blob. Hey, Sean. Bef- yes. Before we leave, I have this... Uh, it keeps in the back of my head. When you talk, we were talking about the things that Dr. Green was dropping, like the pencil and his glove, I, I'm thinking maybe he was leaving a trail. So from, from where this, um, from where he was swooped up, mm-hmm. if we kind of fan out from that point, do we pick up any further items that he may have dropped? Um, it's a good idea, but you, you, the, the things were dropped where he was, the pencil was dropped like before the area where he was swooped, where they swooped down and got him. Mm-hmm. The glove and the other materials are right at the point where he disappeared. So oh. y- you don't really know. You could surmise that maybe he just he heard something, 
dropped his pencil from walking and boom, they got him. Okay. But yep. uh, yeah, it's not like there's a trail leading out in one direction. Or anything. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. Oh, no. Made sense. And were the... What did it look like he was in the building and came out? No, no, the foot his footprints lead are in a straight line, he's heading towards the building, okay. straight line, and then boom. okay. And they weren't like large strides, like he was running from something, just regular steps. Um, if you does anybody have a tracking skill? Um. Yeah, I got 40%. Ah, make a roll. A four. <laughs> I thought oh. it was 40 at first. I thought that was crazy, but it's a four. All right. Well, you're Hawkeye um, from the last of the Mohicans. You are able to determine that he was walking along at a normal clip, normal pace, and then he stopped. And this is probably about 100 yards from the 100 feet or 100, 100 feet or so from the building stopped, shuffled around a bit, and then walked slower and more purposely, purposely towards the building. So your, your estimation is that it seems like he was, do, 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 do. hey, what's that? Do, do, like he saw it up there. Or they lured him in. mistake of getting too close. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you, you never know. But it, it, that's the best you can come up with is that he stopped, shuffled, walked a little, then started walking slower, more purposely, and then they swooped down and got him. Okay. Okay. All right, so you're heading to 14, are you? Yeah, Care cautiously. We're keeping our eyes of course. upward. Yeah, of course, I assume that. Um, you're getting close to the riverbed, which is the edge of the buildings around the plaza, so the riverbed is coming up, as you'll see on that map. And... Um, you turn around the edge like as you would you would curve. You can actually see the riverbed off to the west. Uh, about 400 yards long, there's a line of steep-walled conical pits. Like there's these, it's they're protected by the, these thick lips of uh, like they're like upside-down coffee cups. And each one is like 16 yards across. Um, and when you, as you're walking by, you can see right down inside one. They're about 50 yards deep. And the, 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 the rims, like these, these coffee cup things, are quite, quite high. I, like, I mean, not quite high. Like, they're like an arm's length thick and seven yards up from the surface, from the original surface of the ground, you could be your best guess. Um, there's, there's only a little bit of snow inside, but as you look down in, uh, there's, a, there's a gallery of glassy glass. There's some, there's some like, drawings around the outside, but they've been worn away. That's the whole point. There's nothing really you can see. And he's the first exterior drawings. So are these like, are you, is, it, is it like a tunnel going down into the ground? Is that what you're saying? There's a lot of snow packed inside them. Um, and every one that you look at, if, assuming you look at more than one, uh, there's snow packed down in them. So you can't really tell how how deep down they go, but you can see at least 150 feet down in the ground. So these could have been maybe the bottoms of towers or? Or something. It's some sort. Wow. It goes down a long ways. Something was stored in them, you, you're, you're assuming. Ah. Or Water or 
grain or food or pickles. Maybe they made pickles. I don't know. <laughs> Pickled peppers. I don't know. That's that's all you can really gather from them. Was it possibly where um, they stored their, their copious supplies of uh, Baba Ganoush? Whatever that is. That, that's possible. Baba, Baba Ganoush is delicious. Is it eggplant or something? It's eggplant. I thought he was um, some sort of guru. <laughs> that's, that's Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. <laughs> oh, oh, no, 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 that's no, that's a Greek yogurt dish. <laughs> All right, so that's that. The generally, that's that's you can't you see no more footprints. There's nothing here. There's no marks. No, don't don't tracks. No tentacle marks. Anything like that. It's just getting close to the riverbed and the edge of the built-up area here. And that, so 14 is like right on the edge of the, as you say, the built up area? Uh, yes, yes. You're getting close to the riverbed, which is, there are decorative things there along the riverbed, but it's not a, there's no structures there. All right. From where we are at the moment, <clears throat> possibly with the aid of um, binoculars. Mm -hmm. Is it possible to ascertain what 12 is? Uh, let me look. Oh, um, it's three miles away. I'll tell you that much. Well, that's not all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> That'd be horrible of me. It's three miles away. You can't see it. Um, and uh, I can tell you right now. You say 12. What is it called on my map? It's, oh, wow. it's the one on the other side of the riverbed, the only thing over there. It looks like a little triangle. Ah, yes. Um, all you can tell over there is uh, with binoculars. There is something there. It, it isn't a large built-up anything. It looks more like, a, like an archway and a pit, something going down into the ground. Okay. Um, a quick thing, because I'm looking now at this, the map really closely. Right next to the riverbed, there are a bunch of little dots all in a row at a number 14. Is that what you're talking about, where we are? No, you are, uh, the other map here. You are at the edge of that dotted area. Okay, so we are at the 14 that's on this map. Okay. Yes, you're at the 14 on your map. So I yes. see the other 14 that's on this map. Oh, yeah, that's just something I didn't erase, but it right. uh, doesn't matter. All right. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. So we're approaching 14. What is 14? Is that the, the, the pits? That's the pits, yes. Oh, okay. Hmm. Well, this is very strange. And then the, 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 the dotted area is all built up. It's all buried in ice and snow. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm wondering if there's any way like into that, any. Well, there is another, or? there is another building, a round domed building uh, nearby. Okay. And the, uh, if you want to look at it all, you can. 
Gentlemen, shall we head towards the round building? Sure. You think it's another building like the one that Elmer found earlier? This one's different, actually. Um, Rounded. It's about... uh, It's a domed chamber, seven yards high, about 60 yards across. And there are openings in the ceiling to allow light in. When you get past the entrance where you look into the entrance where you can see inside, there's small stone rings, um, pentagonal tubs. Okay. uh, Each one's a yard high or so, um, somewhat less across. Uh, Yeah. I I have another question. Something, something that has to do with the city itself. Let me see how I can explain it. If if I'm standing in New York City, okay, there are obviously a few buildings that are different and spectacular, and obviously showpieces that that some you know the the Chrysler Building, the Empire State Building, things like that. But most of the buildings around me are just big rectangles. Now, when we're studying this city, are all of the buildings completely different than one another, or are most of them the same? They're different in that they're constructed based on what they're used for. So there's not a lot of... But do we see similarities? Like, oh, that building looks the same as that building, so it's probably the same kind of a building. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there are duplicates of some of the buildings you've seen, but I haven't, I mean, they're not noted. They're like, you're, they're not, like, this is the one, but you'll see another one way off in the distance. It's not. Okay. So we're only in a little small area, so, yeah, yeah. of a yeah. huge city. All right. I just, just wanted to kind of clarify that. And, All right. And so we're ins- heading towards the dome. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, inside the dome. You can see the pits are inside the dome. Um, but on the outer wall of the dome entranceway, you see a drawing. It's a f- relatively crude drawing that shows an elder thing. And it shows a crude drawing of one of those hexagonal pits. And inside the hexagonal pits are tiny little versions of the same elder thing drawing with its tentacles are over top. Oh. We have no way of knowing how they reproduced. Could, could this perhaps be a, a nursery? Yeah, a brooding pits or something. Like bees laying eggs in, in, you know, for all intents and purposes, pit cells. <laughs> wow. Um, are you going to look inside more deeply? Yeah. Sure. Oh yes. Okay. Um, make a make a spot hidden then. Anybody who goes in. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. <laughs> That's that's a that's a good roll. That's a Nick and I have matching scores. That <laughs> well, inside, um, anyone who got a success, and shortly after, anyone who didn't, uh, you see little piles of organic material here and there on the floor, on the ground, and it's like the first actual organic material you've seen. Hmm. It's bones and chunks of hard, frozen skin, and. Uh, you don't even have to be, you can actually see skulls and shapes and anyone who has any kind of a historical natural history, not natural history, natural world uh, background will see that, uh, what do you get? Yeah, 38. Okay. These are mammals that don't exist anymore. 
These are bones uh, and skin of Holocene era mammals. Wow. So we now know at least to some, some extent from 600 million years to the Holocene era, these things were thriving. That's, that's impressive. That's more impressive than any other life form that we know of. The dinosaurs came and went. What you are, it is getting close to four o'clock now, 4.30 rather. So you, you definitely are in a position where you're going to have to head back soon for oxygen. But right. as you turn the corner, um, you do notice like it, it's been there all along. The, the one that is uh, in between 14 and 13 on your map, it's a pyramid. It's a squat, stepped pyramid, uh, 60 yards above the ice. Uh, it's made of sandstone, which is different than what, you're, what you've seen so far. Uh, anyone with geology right away, or even without geology, pick up on sandstone. And I see that in you, you know, non-Antarctic world. Uh, it's very weathered, uh, thick-angled basalt or basalt in the bottom. Uh, there's five sides to this pyramid, not, not four, as you're used to for Egyptian pyramids. No ramps or stairs up to the top, but on each face, um, there's huge doors of dark material deeply inset into the stone. Wow. Is it how tall? As big 60, as the pyramid? 60 meters. So 180, 200 feet tall. Mm. And of course, five-sided, which is in keeping with their five, their, their constant uh, mm -hmm. love for the number five. Wow. Well, we better head back, but I'd sure like to look at that pyramid closer. Mm -hmm. okay. Can we sort of go over to the pyramid as we're going back? Yeah, absolutely. You can walk past. Thick, petrified wood doors. Wow. <clears throat> so this must have been much later. Older. This is what you, your background tells you. This is older than much of the rest of the oh. structures here. Based on the weathering and the shape and the kind of crudity of it. That seems to indicate that it was quite important then if it was older than everything else and wasn't replaced. And particularly if it survived like this. Perhaps they had some way of treating the wood so that it wouldn't deteriorate. They um... achieved the same with, with metal, so it's not. Are the doors approximately the size of an elder thing? Um, they're decorative. Uh, it's not decorative. Sorry, they're they're more important doors, you, like than, than just a regular access point. So, if an elder thing was eight feet tall, these are about twelve feet tall. So they're larger than a standard door you've seen or doorway you've seen. Okay. Want to go get some more oxygen and come back? Uh, yeah. As long as we're not uh, completely exhausted. 
Am I correct in remembering that uh, was it Moore or Starkweather that that they were talking about leaving here, like today or tomorrow? tomorrow. We have to fly back, yeah, because we're running out of supplies. Well, this is our last day up here. Then it's it, it's all or nothing. I think we should go back and get some uh, some more oxygen. Right until we until we you know we can fly back and then have to fly back this way. Okay. Okay. All right. So you're heading back then. Nobody else is doing anything else to do with this building or any other buildings in the area. Um. Why don't we just open the doors at least? <laughs> Um, we, we we could try and just give them a, a push. push. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Did not. Hello, oh, hello. Things. I say we're here visiting from the future. Techie Lily Lee, Techie Lily Lee, Ting. Well, the doors are very sturdy. You can't tell how they are shut. Um, how would you try to open these? There, you can see there's a seam where it's two doors, or two you know doors side by side that would open outward. You would assume. You know, uh, I didn't I didn't realize the significance until now. But with natural world, did I really identify something from the Holocene era? Yes. The well, maybe era. not Holocene. Maybe maybe you that's the maybe you not weren't that accurate, but very very old mammals that don't exist now. Well, since the Holocene's only twelve thousand years ago, mm -hmm. that's that's modern. Mm -hmm. That's horses. I mean, <laughs> that's that's terrifying. If they were here. Just recently. Holy crap. <laughs> um, all right, let's see if we can push open these doors. Okay. Uh, I would like everybody to make a... If you, tell me how you're going to do it. That's the... That's well, how, how wide are the doors? And are these, so they're, they're double like this? Double wide. Double like... Double the size of a normal set of doors you've seen. Is there so any far. indication of hinges? How how they will open inward or outward? Uh, no hinges, but looking at it, you can see that it it does open outward. Or sorry, inward. Sure. Inward. So we have, inward. So we have to push them open. Okay. Um, strength, I guess, is what we to... All right. Well, everybody, make a strength roll. That I need oh yeah, no problem. That's a critical. No That's a twelve out of a thirteen. I failed by one. Okay. You're a doctor. We're not going to let you push. You might ruin your hands. You might hurt your <laughs> surgery fingers. You're our only surgeon at this point. Damn it, Hawks! You're a doctor, not a weightlifter. <laughs> okay. All right. So did most of us succeed? Yeah, yes. Um, how much could everyone just? Let me see. I actually have got the numbers. Hold on. 
Okay, yes. Squeeze is open. <laughs> Inside, uh, light shining from outside is all you have. There appears to be a single chamber. <clears throat> okay. Rough stone, rough stone um, all the way around it. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's a, a, like five yards in, a yard either side. Uh, not five yards, I'm sorry. A yard across is a block that's inside. There's a block in the middle of the floor, one yard across either side, one yard high. Fair, ch fair smaller size chamber, but it's it's you know it's it's substantial in terms of elder things would have to walk around inside this. Uh, there's the one stone block atop the block. There are five crystals thrusting upwards, like the fingers of a hand, and set between them is a hole drilled about one foot and nestled at the bottom of the hole is a smoky quartz colored egg, a round egg shaped object, two inches long. My God. Hmm. Do we smell anything? No, just. <laughs> Chud. <laughs> Chud. My God. Um, what do you think this is, guys? Some sort of hatching chamber, or is it, are they worshiping it, or? See if you can grab one. Well, I'm not sure that we should touch anything. This, this, this looks like the sort of thing that, well, if, if any of these things are still here, they, they, they might be rather enraged. Well, let's look around. Are there murals with instructions? There are no murals in this room whatsoever. There are no, and going, could you make an idea roll? 34. Yeah, I got that idea. You've seen maps of the plaza. You've seen in, in, in amongst the other drawings and other locations. You have not once seen this pyramid on any of the maps. Huh. Well, we haven't seen this on any of the maps. What, what could this be? Um, my oxygen's getting low. I think that we need to go back, but let's come back here. Um, could you do a spot hidden as well? Just one more since you're closest. Oh, uh, that's an 86. I didn't make that one. Okay. Okay. Um, is it warm in here? No, normal temperature. Are there any dots on this big? You say there's like a big block. Yes. Three by three by three. Yes. Um, are there any dots on it? No. Nope. Five crystal fingers, whole egg. Do the crystals look like they can be removed? Well, you can... I don't necessarily want to remove them, but like, are they loose? And... No, they're not loose. They're fixed right into the, the stone. 
What color are they? Blue. They're blue. Blue cobalt crystals. Could be. Copper sulfate crystals. Copper sulfate, yeah. Are they oxygen crystals? <laughs> hydrogen dioxide crystals? <laughs> and dihydrogen oxide crystals? No. <laughs> Dilithium crystals? That's it. <laughs> um, as, as, not, uh... as you're examining the crystals, you'd notice that when you get close enough, the egg itself is covered in going around and around and around from the top to the bottom, a continuous line of those dots, like like the, the dots, you're assuming they're letters. It's like script starting at one end and just going around and around and around in a continuous sentence, whatever you want to call it, all the way to the other end. I have an interesting idea, guys. Could this be some sort of a record other than the murals? Um, I'm going to very carefully reach in and grab the thing, but I'm 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 expecting to get electrocuted or something, so I'm doing it carefully. But I'm going to see if I can reach in and and pick up the stone, the the egg looking thing. I'm really not sure that's a good idea. I don't think so either, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's in your hand. All right. Is there some way? Does it feel like it should levitate or spin or move or? No. It's just decorative egg. You look at it, it's, it's the egg itself isn't fantastic. It's a smoky kind of a opalescent kind of rock, but it doesn't seem to be. You, you kind of assume that looking at it, feeling it, looking the what's on it is probably more important than the egg itself. Right, right. I'm I'm out outside the game. I'm thinking of Laura Croft in that movie with the gigantic uh, crystal looking thing that if you did it the right way it would make pictures or something. Else. But um my character is thinking, well I want to take this so bad, but it's what we're here for is discovery. We're not going to be back here. Well, I thought we were just going back to camp to, uh, to replenish and then we're going to but come back. Well, this was only the first exploratory. Uh, we're here for six months, aren't we? Or three months or. Um, I'm just hoping that I don't take this thing in the, and somebody comes looking for it. Tell them to bring our people back, damn it. Well, okay, I'm going to take it with me. Maybe I can decipher what it says if I can figure out what these other things say. Okay. It's in your hand. There's no giant rolling ball chasing you out of the building. You don't have to There's jump no, over anything with your whip. No magic, uh, magic lantern pictures on the walls. No. <laughs> All right. Let's go back to camp. 
All right, well, I'll just assume that uh, you're all heading back and it's getting close to dinner time. Of course, your oxygen is getting low. Um, you're, you're, everything seems to be going smoothly. Uh, no issues. The walk back is a little easier because of the, uh, you're coming in at a different direction now. You get to the plaza. Sorry, to the, um, well, it's called the plaza, the lounge round area. You pass between two areas of rubble. You're heading towards the campsite itself, and you can see the aircraft between you and the campsite. As you approach, and you're still a good five, you know, ways off, you, you do see that, uh, you know, there's, there's people over at the camp area going into the building where the food is. Um, and there's one fellow walking towards the aircraft, and he gives you a wave as you, uh, you approach. He sees you from a distance. And uh, waves a friendly arm, you know. And he, he's heading towards the aircraft. Um, you see him doing something. I mean, you're not anywhere near him. But uh, you're approaching. You're getting closer and closer. Did I disappear? No. no I said he disappears. Someone oh. grabbed him from oh, the sky. I was getting annoyed. It's like, here I am saying something important, and I disappear yeah. again. Yeah. Um, you see him then as you're getting closer and closer. He walks away from the aircraft reaches into his back and pulls out something and points it towards the aircraft. Pulls trigger, there's a flash, the, the, the Enderby bursts into flames. And there's Holy an explosion. Shit. An explosion? We're fucked. What's going on? And I, I, I uh, we start running towards the guy. Well, now he's dropped the flare pistol. And he's pulled out something else from another holster. And he's walking towards the other aircraft now. Shoot him. Aiming it at the, at the aircraft. Yeah, shoot shoot him. him. Yes. Who's shooting him? I'm taking out my pistol. All right. Well, you're a little ways off, but feel free to take a shot. Oh, come on, baby. Come on, please. That is a 31 out of... 45. All right. Well, how close are you? Uh, All right. Um, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a long distance. So you can roll for your lower damage. I don't have a lower damage. Just a D10. What's the range on your... Yeah, what's the range? 15 yards normally for pistols. You're not close enough to hit them. Well, does he have any reaction that we're shooting at him? I think no, I but he's firing, and he's he, you. He, you're not hearing the sound of anything connecting. So he's fired off one shot. <clears throat> didn't seem to hit the aircraft, and you're getting closer now. So let's. Um, Jeff was going to say something. Sorry. Oh, sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. If he's within 110 yards, I think I have my rifle with me. All right, take a shot. Yeah, that's 330 feet. Oh, 91 again. <laughs> Pow. He's walking in a zigzag, period. Well, he's kind of stumbling around firing off. <laughs> yeah. All right, so well, he's got I'm a second shot like, off. I now. intend to fire, but only when I get in range. All right, well, by now you're in range because he's, he's a little bit meticulous about what he's doing, but he's not very good at his shooting. And um, I'm going to... Uh... 
fire a warning shot at him. Well, he just <laughs> got two, two warning shots. Don't shoot a warning shot again. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> no, I'm shooting at him. Now, there's another thud of an explosion from the aircraft just before you shoot, so he actually falls back a bit, stops aiming his pistol, so you get a good shot at him. Uh, feel free to roll, or did you roll? I'm sorry. No, I'm just about to roll. I was reading something. So. Uh, 48 out of 60. All right. Well, roll your damage then. Okay, it's a Webley 455 revolver. It is 1d10 plus 2. Hand cannon. Oh, 9. That's 11 damage. Well, he is wearing. Boom, it says. It hits him in the shoulder, knocks him flying, and uh, others are now by now running towards him. Um, he's tackled, he's grabbed, he's not dead, but he is very close. Good, because uh, we want to ask him some questions. So he, he's he's being dragged. Uh, he, they drag if, him. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. If these things have mind control, that they can control the Shagos by their telekinesis or telepathy, why wouldn't he be able to do that to a human? Well, that's apparently what they did do to us. That's why we're intelligent. It rubbed off. As you're getting close, you see he's not wearing the um, the mouth, the, the air, air breather that you guys are, the one that you had, the horrible one you have to hold between your teeth. He's wearing the German-style one. And uh, when you get closer, you, you see it's Williams. The Lexington pilot. Okay, so they got grabbed and controlled. The whole group of them got controlled. Well, can we uh, interrogate this guy before he dies? Oh, the, yeah, you can drag him into the the area. There's others there already now from the rest of the of your Do party. Doctor Hawks, can you try and can you try and get him in a stable condition for long enough to talk to him? Uh, he's, he's first, yeah, yeah. You, you get him, Dr. Hawks, you, you can, they hold him down. You, you bandage his wound. Uh, he has in his pockets. I mean, obviously you're going to go through his pockets and see what he has. He has the German breathing mask. Um, he's got two extra flares, uh, time fuse, goggles, two blasting caps, a folding knife. Oddly, he's got no food, no other supplies, no extra oxygen with him. Um, it was a suicide you mission. You don't even have to make an idea roll. Uh, without, without, he doesn't seem to have everything that he would need to survive. Uh, you think maybe he placed a bomb at first, but then you realize it's probably not likely based on the things that are in his pocket. It's just the way things are. Like the, the fuse isn't cut. There's no extra fuse pieces. It's a, it's a package rather than a piece. Um, things calm down after you settle them, after you bandage him up a bit. Uh, Professor Moore hobbles out from camp, um, looks around, comes back in, and he doesn't even recognize him at first. Uh, then he says, oh, it's Williams. Williams, the pilot. Oh, whatever. Um, and, and Starkweather and the other people come out during the rubble and come to the scene. He, he wakes up. He, you, you bandaged him up well enough that he wakes up. He looks around and he says, you're still here. Aren't you dead yet? He says to Starkweather. No matter. There's always next time. One of us will get you. Maybe Miss Lexington or Dr. Meyer. Maybe me. You won't get home. 
Stark. Why did you do it? Stark was just taking, 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 keep him inside. Um, you guys take charge of this man, find out what he knows and whether he's placed any more of his traps. And he looks out and goes, Enderby's gone. It's toast. It's a smoking wreck. He says, just look at the mess now. God. And he turns off to follow the tracks. He's like going off to find out what the heck's going on. So he's going to follow. He says, I'm going to go find out where, where, where he came from. Because I don't know whether he's got supplies or, or what, or whether there's others with him, but I'm going. And he just wanders off with a pistol in his hand. Well, we have to leave soon, don't we? Tomorrow. We will. We're, we're, we're good till tomorrow. Right. Um, we need to radio uh, base camp. Or we weren't able that's to. Our, well, that's yeah. right. We weren't able to. Um, well, shit. Um, we need our own. Uh, Nigel, you need to go make sure that the other plane isn't seriously damaged. It got shot. Yeah, I'll go check out the other plane. Crap. I don't want to die up here. You know, we could, Dr. Sugden, uh, Captain Sugden, we could make our way out. We were able to determine on our flight that, that if we follow that path through oh, the... Yes, yes, there's, there's, there's clearly a, a way out, but... Um... It'll be heavy going, and I'm, I'm not entirely sure whether we've, we've got enough oxygen to do I would say, we've been up here exploring. We've probably used up the good chunk of our oxygen. Are we going to have enough oxygen to hoof it out on foot? Well, I mean, the, the, the further we go, the, the further down we go, obviously, the, the, the less oxygen we'll be needing. Right. But, um, there's still a, a, a critical period. We still have one airplane, hopefully, once Nigel checks that out. Yep, he comes back. The aircraft is fine. There's no no signs of any any footprints moving. To even It doesn't seem he got close to the other aircraft. So he was well, trying will, to we, will we have to make two trips? Half the party goes, and then the other half goes? Yeah, you definitely don't have enough space in the aircraft. You got one extra space now because you know Doctor Doctor Green's gone, but that's that's not enough. Right, we have to inform everybody that Doctor Green's gone. We haven't told anybody yet. And about the pyramid. Well, that's we can tell them about the pyramid. I don't think they're interested at this point now. Or now it's all uh, survival. Williams is muttering again. He says, she'll get him. She'll get him. She's going to get him. Not to worry. She'll get him. Don't worry. Why Why did you do this? Why? It doesn't matter. What What he did, what you do, none of it matters. It's, it's too late for that. Don't you realize the danger? Don't any of, you, any of you understand? It's an infection. It spreads it from the outside in. Lake and the rest of them started it. We don't understand Everyone here makes it worse. All of us, like germs. We're germs. we got to die. None of us can return. We all have to give up our lives. It's the only way to save them. Keep them away. Keep it safe behind the wall. I tried to tell you. You didn't understand. He doesn't hear when you people speak, does he? Even the professor turned away. The building was dark. No one knew where he was. What professor? Lake. Lake. Lake and the rest of them. 
I tried to tell them the new one's fresh. I thought she'd listen, but no one does. The rest was just money. Just things cargo. Ha, how much is the life worth? How much are they all worth? She'd thank me for trying if she knew. Were you there on Lake's party? Who are you? We, we, we never should have left the ice cap. Never should have come here. Dyer and I saw the things, terrible things they did. They, 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 they live in the dark. Oh, God, God, they even speak. The sound of their movement, the smell, terrible, terrible things. Oh, God. And he mutters something about Shoggoths and unending, repetitive stream, river, and just mutters and rambling, and he's thrashing about. He's, he's nuts. So this was one that we didn't catch that, that was on the lake party. Do you want to make a roll? Sure. I, an idea roll. 34, which is a pass. Actually, once again, just a little less than half. It hits you? This is Danforth. It's not Williams. Danforth. Danforth. This is the guy who came back insane. Yes? Danforth. Danforth. I say it to him. He he just mutters on about terrible things and starts going really quiet, trembling, gazes right at you. Um, just seems like he's devolving into utter madness now. Feed him to the Shoggoth. He says, oh, no, I can't tell you. That's, that, that's the whole problem, don't you see? They're mocking you. They're mocking us all. They're watching us with their cold, flat eyes, those eyes in the darkness. Time and space are, are nothing, not enough. No. Not enough for them. Millions of years they were safe, but it was a lie. That tower, the tower is still there in the pit. I saw it, the pit, that thing inside. And then he starts to chant a sing-song voice. South Station under, Washington under, Park Street under, Kendall Central, Harvard. Your part repeats it three or four times and then goes to sleep. That sounds like the, like the New York subways? Yeah. With Boston, sorry, Boston subways. Boston subways, the Boston subways? Mm-hmm. You've read the dire text, haven't you? Yeah, but yeah. I don't remember that part. Just it comes. It's it's you know it has something to do with that. It comes back to you. Subways, the subways. I need to go look at the dire text. Gentlemen, I'm going to my. Private place. <laughs> I don't know why. My tent or wherever I'm bivouacked. No time for that now. You're thinking about it, and everyone's sort of gone quiet because Danforth is rambling and ranting, and he's asleep now, but he's just, uh, everyone twitches and <laughs> mutters once in a while. And you hear a gunshot outside. Okay. Oh, gunshots. Let's go. Grab some oxygen and rush outside. Yep. You go outside, and I have something to show you. There you go. Um, two of the elder things, with their wings spread out, tentacles are flying, and Mr. Starkweather hanging from between their legs, are flying off uh, up above the plaza, about 700 feet, and they're flying off. Uh, 
this is crazy, but I'm going to run out into the snow and ice waving and saying, tickle-lee-lee, tickle-lee-lee. <laughs> it does not do anything. Which direction are they headed? I'm going to look at a map right now. Um, should I get a different map? They are heading, based on where you are standing, they're coming towards you ever so briefly. And we're all standing right about at four, right? Yeah. They are heading, I guess it would be, I'm not sure it's a bloody... They're heading to the north west i guess so they're not they are actually two to one direct they're flying towards you and then they'll be going they're heading past you they're heading towards you they are uh, they're startled to hear the sound um, so the, the, now of course everyone has to make another sanity roll please 12 oh my god 99 four out of 60. We actually passed. How do I lost any sanity here? 94. Oh. Oh, yes. Oh, no. 52. 44 out of 52. Nice. Still a pass. Okay, so who did not pass? (laughs) (laughs) Me. <laughs> All right. Uh, what was it last time you said, Jeff? It was uh, seeing a creature. It is a five, is it? It's a five. Um, five. The first time you five, see a five is the first time. That was five for, Cthulhu Mythos. Yeah, that was for Mythos. That wasn't for Sanity. Ah, okay. So That's right. Whatever you, whatever you would like. Well, Where am I to that we're expecting to see? You are expecting, yes. Things. Well, you take a two sanity hit. That one. Because you have seen them just not flying before. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm the one that ran after the wing. Tickalini, tickalini. That gave them another sanity roll. <laughs> What's he doing? I'm trying to communicate. And I believe that for an for a, an elder species, not necessarily an elder thing, but you know, one of the elder races, I think that's like a D20 worth of sanity. Well, it's not a preternatural creature. It's no. It's a it's a organism. Danforth is in the other room going, Tekalili, Tekalili, yelling it out. And the two elder things are flying off, saying, Why are those monkeys pretending to be Shoggoths? Yes, we will taste it and see how it how it is. <laughs> so how much how much sanity do I lose? Two. Two. Oh, too? Okay, I can deal with that. Yeah, you've seen them. You just haven't seen them flying. So, uh, You hear Starkweather get off another shot. He's like hanging by his feet. He tries to shoot at them again. No, no, no seeming effect on them whatsoever. Mm. It's now that you're about 600 yards away. 
We don't have dogs up here, right? Dogs live? No. no. They'd be dead. There's no air for them. <laughs> Nigel, do you have time to fire up the plane and follow? No, uh, there wouldn't be no way I'd be able to fire it up and get up off the ground quick enough to you know, catch them. Well, that would just waste fuel anyway. And it would risk our plane, too, because I have no guns on the plane. Or where to fall, or where to fly, or where to land. Yeah, no. We need the plane to get down off this mountain. You guys are harsh. He's one of our own. He's the leader of our expedition. You're just going to no, let him we're get not, We're not being harsh. It would be risking every single other person. The man's being the carried person. off to who knows what, and you're saying, that nah, we don't want to waste the fuel on them. <laughs> so get out your rifle and shoot at them. Uh, he's going to drop. I'm not going to do that. If you shoot one, then I won't be able to carry the weight, so you'll just fly lower. All right. No, I'll put my gun away. I think they're too far away. Well, they're closer now. Now it's the sec next round. They're 400 meters or yards away. Oh, so they're, they're flying coming towards right us. towards us. They're, they're coming through. right towards us. They're flying over. Okay. So now they're 400 yards away. So I'm, I'm holding up my, my pictures, and I'm trying to get their attention. <laughs> tickle-ee-lee, tickle-ee-lee. <laughs> I don't know if it'll have any effect, but that's what I'm thinking. If we can no just effect. communicate with them. It, it's it's driving Danforth crazy because he's re responding to you by doing the same thing. I'm about to put a bullet in his head anyway. All right, next round there. It's now about 200 yards away. They're 200 yards getting closer to you, and then slowly passing over. 150 yards away. I don't know what we can do unless you shoot at them. He's good, they're they're going to drop him on us. Now well, who's going to take him away and eat him? Otherwise, Mister Professor Moore is freaking out, and he comes out and he says, uh, "He looks at you, Nigel." Says, are, "Are you able to figure out the course those things are flying on and the speed?" Well, I. They're flying in a straight line. I mean, we could, we could, I mean, make I don't a, know, yeah. navigate? Yeah, make a navigate roll. I mean, because that doesn't seem like it's going to work. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's a critical. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a course of you roughly, you, you look, you know, you point, you, you talk to whatever Elmer, whatever you have to do. You say course, 290 degrees, speed, 60 miles an hour. Um, 6.45 p.m., you know you can, you can certainly fly in that, that way. And, again, and Professor Moore says, it's a captain. It's a captain, everyone. He's alive. We've got to save him. All right, I'll go crank the plane up. Somebody better get a, somebody better get a gun and get in the back seat because, like, I have no guns on this plane. Well, you know right away you have to unload the plane. The plane has 500 right. gallons of fuel on board right now that hasn't been ever has never been unloaded uh you need to take people up you need to fill it full of fuel and take only what you need and so it's, it's going to take you about an hour to get ready they're not flying super fast remember your aircraft can go a lot faster than 60 miles an hour all right we'll unload and chase them down 
Well, I'm I'm not for this idea at all, but uh, I can get overridden by more. Well, more saying we got to save the captain, people. We've got to go. Uh, what are you going to do? Fly up to him and and like open the door and reach out and grab him? Well, yeah, I don't know. Find out where they're taking him. Just if you, at least, even if you know where you're taking them, we can. If the bunch of you, if the group, your group, could just go any point in. in mysterious invisible we don't even know if we're gonna find a place to land in that direction all right well we got plenty of fuel so well, all right fuel's not an issue i suppose uh um elmer can just open up the door of the airplane and shoot at them from there but then he'll they'll drop anyway so i guess the point is is hoping that they land and we're supposed to go to the new landing zone Concept, but see, we don't why know didn't they, they just, in the building. Why didn't they just, you know, why didn't they just do uh, Stark weather and make him do what he wanted them to do? I don't think it's as simple as we think that it is. And I that's Danforth. Danforth is insane. He's been insane ever since he left the Arctic, the Antarctic. So don't don't think that he's being controlled. He's probably just batshit crazy. We, 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 can't simply leave someone at the mercy of those things. If if one of us was taken, we would want to think that the rest of us would mount some sort of rescue expedition. Hey, I'll fly the plane. I, I don't have a problem with that. I just I think he's going to be dead before we get to him. It's a, it's a nice sentiment, but quite honestly, if I was taken by those things, I wouldn't want the rest of you to risk your lives and possibly the lives of everybody in the entire thing to come looking for me. While you guys are debating, I'm going to be unloading the plane. Yeah, yes. let's let's unload the plane and just go. I'm going to do the same. Um, there's only uh, I have to figure out one of you. I want two. Uh, actually, um, Doctor Hawk, you 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 get it in your mind while they're unloading the plane. Um, you think to yourself. You grab one of the other people at the camp. You say, "Come with me." You, your your mind is set. You say, "Let's just go see. Let's go see if we can find something where not where Mister Starkweather went." And you, you you take a look around. You're you're well armed. You're prepared. You go for a little walk, and you follow his tracks. And it's not very far away. I mean, they certainly got him not too far from where you were. You find the uh, sled, okay. and uh, when you get to the sled. You find it's it's been kind of shoved over to the side and kind of hidden a bit, and it's Danforth's sled. It's uh, there's snowshoes, there's an empty oxygen tank, some blocks of pemmican and some biscuits, uh, stove fuel, just, just stuff. Obviously, he came here with this sled, pulling it himself. He purposely brought supplies from somewhere else. Uh, there's an ammo clip for the Luger, shaving kits and pencils. Uh, but one of the things you find is. Uh, Meyer's sketch pad, and it's okay. a cheaply cheap pad of heavy paper, lots of sketches of the wall, cartouches, and things like that that you haven't already got from another location, obviously, has yeah. Meyer's name inside. Um, and he spent a great deal of time writing all this information down, and he's actually created a little bit of a symbol voca vocabulary to actually try to interpret some of the things. So he's he's got some basic words already figured out, like thing, build, shoggoth, fight, kill. So he's got a few words with the dots showing what they mean, which yeah, will help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any German? 
No, you no, don't. Just Latin. Okay. All right. So anyway, you you recognize a lot of the writing is all in German, so you can't interpret it. But it's you know you have a general idea what he's come up with. Um, now also uh, you find Danforth's notebook, and it's got some fragmentary notes. He's got occult stuff in there. He's got uh, lots of interesting bits and pieces of things that he's been looking up over the years after he left, because he's got dates after he was in Antarctica before. Um, the most interesting thing is uh, something. Do you have any occult rule? Any occult at all? No, no, just the five percent on me. Okay, well, I'll talk to you about this later. But just, it's got some interesting things uh, that you will find interesting. Uh, but it's also got some history about why you know, him going crazy and things he was writing down and things he was researching. Yeah. Um, the one other thing is a binder, and it's got the unpublished end to Edgar Allan Poe's book, Narrative of, Arthur Gordon, Narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym, which gives more background, so I'll send that to you as well to read later. Okay. All right, and by now, the aircraft is ready to go when, you're, when you get back and you show everybody what you found, I guess. Yes. Okay, and there's one last thing, is a typewritten note in German it says Johan at the top, but you don't know what else it says. So you'll have to <clears throat> interpret that for you. Okay, sounds good. I'm going to show it to Dr. Lindenberg and then. So. Yeah, check this out. So, what, what, what have you found there? Well, here's books. The uh, Arthur Gordon Pym, that's it. That's an Edgar Allan Poe. Mm -hmm. We heard that at the beginning of our adventure. What this seems to be the the continuation of the story. Mm -hmm. Amazing. What's this other stuff that you've got? Oh my God! Can you read German? No. None of us can. Nine. But. Uh, I can make out a couple of words, but nine of us can. But for sure, take a look at this. Looks like they were, oh, he was actually translating some of the those languages. And really, phrases and stuff. So, oh yeah, so, I mean the dots for Shagoth. I think I got yeah. that one. That's kind of obvious. Wonderful. Okay. Either that, or he was completely batshit crazy. We'll see. Um, how long is it going to take for them to get the airplane ready? It's ready now. So you can load up your things, whatever you want to take with you. You have to be careful because of the weight load. So you've got a minimal fuel plus your personnel, uh, plus your clothing and your equipment, that your basic equipment, uh, your weapons, I'm assuming. So it, it is... I, I will need to know what you're taking with you. I, I obviously not this second, but uh, the plane is ready to go, and I'll assume that anything you take with you is uh, reasonable. Right. I want you all to realize that all it takes is one mistake, and we all die. We are in an airplane. We can't like just get out and walk away. Mm -hmm. Don't make no mistakes. You're the one. Don't don't make no mistakes. You're the pilot. 
I trust my flying skills. And you know what? Even if you make everything perfect, we could still all die very easily in an airplane. You Surely we can't fire from within the airplane, though, because it's pressurized. We're not flying at that high. Well, we already are that high, though. Well, do we pressurize the whole airplane while we're flying in it, or do we just breathe the oxygen, yeah. though? They didn't have pressurization back then. Yes. They did? I don't know, but I think you're using your oxygen. All right, okay. I seem to recall that the, the airplane oh. was, was pressurized when we... Well, they've got enough of that lead on us that they're going to be on the ground by the time we get to them. So we're basically just going to be going there to retrieve a body. It'd be a miracle if he was still alive. In which case, I might shoot him for going off on his own. <laughs> In which case, why are we risking all of this for what's probably going to be a dead body? Because Moore wants us to? Yeah, well, if Moore told you to jump off a cliff, would you do it? He's paying yeah, wages. I could survive this. I could survive this. I couldn't survive jumping off a cliff. You're going into where those things are going. Hey, you wanted to talk to him and make buddy-buddy friends. That has You're nothing to do with it. No one's making you go, Linda Rook. Well... The GM is making me go. <laughs> Janice Hill is making you go. <laughs> Janice, Janice Hill. Janice, I'm sorry. Um, so just because it is 11, I will just tell you that I need to know for next night, by night, but before then, what you're taking with you because you can't say, oh, yeah, I said I was going to take a flashlight if you didn't take a flashlight. Um, you, the aircraft is taking off. Just so you know, you get airborne, you travel for a good 45 minutes, and then in the distance you do make out the creatures with him still suspended below. So it's, it, but you're catching up, and when you catch up, you realize you're going so, the slowest speed you go is going to overtake them. So that I'm assuming Nigel is flying. You have to go back and forth, sort of like slaloming down a hill to try to stay with it without passing them. Right, it, I got you. So you're behind them. You catch up. You're pat going back and forth to stay with and to see. You, you, unless you're going to shoot at them or something like that, all you can do is follow them. Now, because if, that, they, if, he, if they land at this point in time, there's nowhere I can just land a plane randomly in the mountains to retrieve Starkweather. So we need to wait till they land and hope that there's a landing zone there. And, and just so you know, uh, the, you actually do pass beyond the city, and it is the plains of the Arctic, right? Antarctic, rather. And just as I'm, I'm going to end it now, but an hour into the flight, you see something out the side of your window to the, I guess it would be the, the right-hand side. You see the bell beside you. Ah. The pilot of the bell is waving at you and just gestures, points towards Starkweather, points at your aircraft, points at their aircraft, gives you a thumbs up, and is pointing forward that they're indicating to you that they're traveling with you to help uh, capture, uh, rescue Mr. Starkweather. I do not trust these guys. So, 
I will end it there. Just so you, you can have some time to think about it before next week. Okay, cool. That's cool. Uh, well, <clears throat> okay. Well, I like I like to take this moment uh, to thank all of our wonderful viewers and uh, their fun and interesting comments on our show. Uh, recently, one of our viewers, uh, Brent McGregor, emailed me a scenario that he created uh, incorporating uh, the Arcane Society, uh, one of our own creations. The scenario is entitled uh, The Mountain of Death, and it's, uh, it mostly takes place in the Ural Mountains of Western Russia shortly after the rise of Stalin. It looks very interesting. Um, uh, I'm hoping that I can run that uh, sh you know, sometime early next year. Um, if you have any suggestions for future scenarios you'd like us to run, feel free to send us an email to uh, info at intothedarkness.club. Also, at the beginning of next month, uh, I will be running three games at VirtuCon 17, which is an online gaming convention. I have purposely chosen times that will work not only for people in the U.S., but also in Europe and Asia. Uh, uh, I will post a link in the description below so that you can join us if you wish. Uh, with that, uh, our players included Jerry Bryant, Greg Malcolm, Smix Swan, uh, Jeff Wilkins, and myself with Sean Little as the Keeper of the Secrets. Our musical intro, Sleight of Hand, was composed by James Brett and is used with his permission. We currently are producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. Uh, we have a new patron, uh, Sean Pointer, uh, who will be contributing $3 a month. Awesome. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Sean. Patrons of our show can now enjoy recordings of our pre- and post-game conversations. Some of the funniest and most interesting things occur before and after the show. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month will help us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel for updates on our latest shows, and leave us some comments we love hearing from you. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.